welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn, joined, as always, by co-host Ryan Donnelly. We're here for a quick emergency podcast um, because uh, <laughs> everything has gone to hell. It has all, all hell has broken loose. The portal has been opened. Um, the, uh, the demons are no longer in the underworld. They are walking among us, and they are in charge of all of college football. Ryan, how's it going? How are you enjoying this, uh, this time that we're getting to spend sort of with, uh, with Beelzebub? Yeah, it's honestly pretty chill, dude. I mean, like, I was pretty pissed off in the first second circle, but as I got more like a fifth, sixth circle of hell kind of situation, it's honestly a pretty cool vibe down here. Like, it's more of a speakeasy <laughs> kind of setup. Uh-huh. Um, I'm enjoying it more. I don't know, dude. I'm fine with it. Like, it's not a, I don't know. I mean, we could just get right into it if you want to, but I, it's just kind of inevitable. We all knew it was coming, right? I think everyone like freaking out as I was like, you guys weren't born yesterday. Like, you, no one thought this was stopping with USC and UCLA. We've been hearing 40,000 reports about it every week for, for, you know, five years. Like, it's just, this was going to happen. Yeah, so before we do that, before we talk about what we're going to talk about, which yeah, is the, sorry. sort of the big, yeah, the, the big news of the, um, yeah, history, I guess. I would say the big news of the day, but I think it's maybe a little bit more significant than just that. Um, before we do that for college football, we are going to talk real quick about our two ads that we have to do on these shows. First up, um, we'll do the in-house ad. Uh, Flipping the Field is a product of meetatmidfield.com, which is a website that covers college football. It is our website. Uh, you can subscribe to it. You can go over there, and if you do subscribe, you will get access to, of course, the premium feeds of this show, as well as the premium feed for your show that you do with Kevin, uh, High Street Freaks, which is an Ohio State podcast. Um, and on top of that, you also get premium posts, the premium uh, written posts, which is all sorts of stuff, and access, which I think the best part is here, access to the message board. Uh, it's the easily, w- without any sort of, uh, I, I say this as a biased person because I have a financial stake in the website, but it is easily the best college football message. Boy, there's not, it's not even close. You're not going to find anything else like it anywhere. Um, and if you subscribe, you will get access to that message board. That's meetatmidfield.com. Um, no codes right now, right? Just, just the regular, just the regular sign up. Yep. No codes. Just dive on in. (laughs) Water's fine. That's right. Water, (laughs) the water is fine. Um, also. Look, if you DM me personally, if you, if you were ambitious enough about this, that you want to sign up and DM me personally, I'll throw, I'll, I'll make a code for you. Sure. We'll figure something out. I don't know what it'll be. It depends how I like your vibe. Yeah. I'll check you out. Um, <laughs> yeah, if Ryan personally likes your posts and sort of your behavior online, he will give you a code. But that's that he's the arbiter of that. Yeah, you're gonna find out what how I feel about you. Uh, <laughs> if you DM me, if you want to know, yeah, just go ahead and DM me. Yeah. Um, also uh, sponsored by, of course, Homefield Apparel. Use code Meet at Midfield for fifteen percent off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com. What do they have there? It's high-quality collegiate vintage apparel. It's shirts, it's sweatshirts, it's sometimes pants. They just released a new set of dad hats that I would assume are still in stock. Um, as I record, <laughs> as we record on Friday, I would guess that some of those are still in stock. I know that those sell out fast. Um, as well as uh, a personal favorite of mine, one of the best collections I think they have ever done, which is the UTEP collection, uh, is out now as well. And then they have some what Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State refreshes coming this weekend uh i think new collections yeah not i think i know they are new collection out of rushes so we're getting some new gear yeah uh so they have those coming as well 
uh, down the pike. So go to homefieldapparel.com if it's your first time there. Use the code Meetup Midfield for 15% off that purchase. If it's not your first time there, I can't help you, but you should still go there because it's a good website and yeah. it's good stuff. It is worth noting, Patrick. I mean, just as a full disclosure on this, uh, Meetup Midfield is directly responsible for all the concert, conference realignments happening right now. Yeah. Um, they are the ones who have orchestrated this behind the scenes. They own a controlling stake in the Fox Media Corporation. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Homefield Connor bought it for Rupert Murdoch upon his, uh, is he dead? Upon his demise? Is uh, he alive? Hard to say. Usually good to well, assume. Well, if he's not dead yet, he better look out because Homefield Connor is a, is a fox at henhouse. Yeah, if usually, yeah, he's a fox in the fox house. It's, it's usually um, <laughs> good to assume with those guys because they're a million years old that they are somehow still alive. That's That's been my, my sort of experience is that if there's like a bad guy who exists in the world who is a million years old, he's probably still alive. They don't really die is the thing about them. Who, so. who do you think is going to be the Henry Kissinger of like the current college football generation? Like um, who's the guy that just everyone fucking hates will be around forever. It's probably Zach Smith, right? I think it's us. I think it's you and me. I think we're going to live forever <laughs> and we won't die. And everybody will get really sick of us when we're like 115 years old. And they're like, I can't believe what you did in Cambodia. And we're like, yeah, well, believe it. <laughs> we're still, yeah. and I'm still doing it. Um, so it's legal. There's legal jurisdictions exist for a reason. Yeah. We have to follow the rule of law. Yeah. Yeah. They're calling they're, they're calling us the Elliot Abrams of college football for a lot of reasons. Um, and so we, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we, we love that. Um, I, I'm not going to, uh, you, you, you did say at the beginning of that meet at midfield is the cause of this, not home field. And that is true. Oh, we, that's we, funny. Did, yeah. we did, we did do it. Um, it we was, have brand synergy. That's why, yeah, that's why I said that. Yeah, it was us. Um, yeah, we do have some, we do have some brand synergy. <laughs> so anyway, Homefield Apparel, uh, homefieldapparel.com. Use the code meet at midfield for 15% off your first purchase. All right, let's get into it. Ryan, what's going on? What are we doing? What's, uh, what's the big news of the day? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys are all, have all seen this by now, but uh, Oregon and Washington are joining the Big Ten. Arizona still has not been confirmed to the Big 12 yet, but is like 99% going to the Big 12. Yeah. Um, it seems like Arizona State's kind of fucking around and may or may not join. Utah will probably follow Arizona State if they go. Basically, the expectation, everyone, like, everyone knows that Oregon and Washington are done to the Big Ten. They're teams number 17 and 18 for the conference. Yeah. And it appears that in short order, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah will be teams 14, 15, and 16 for the Big 12. Yeah. Um, which means the Pac-12 is functionally dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only remaining teams are Cal, Stanford, Washington State, and, and, uh, and Oregon State at that point, mm-hmm. um, if it goes that way. Uh, which, you know, I feel bad for those teams. Um, it's a bummer to get left in the cold, obviously, and it has to happen. I, I mean, it doesn't have to happen, but it happens every round of realignment. Some teams get shafted and kind of move down the ladder. It happened to, you know, Cincinnati and a few other teams after the Big East fell. Um, they had to kind of wander the wilderness for a while before finding their way back up. And it appears that the same thing is going to happen to those teams. So I want the caveat, the Big Ten does still appear to be pursuing Stanford in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not in the immediate round, but maybe a few years in the road. Um, yeah, I mean, Basically, what happened is the Pac-12 was dead. Yeah, pretty much, and it's not—it's not the kind of thing where they can really just go and replenish the coffers, right? Because the the closest and really the only <laughs> conference that's anywhere near the the geographical footprint of the Pac-12 in the Mountain West has um, a pretty significant uh, exit fee if any of those teams were to leave. That has proven. Um, not viable for like San Diego state, which was trying to leave and then couldn't really cover the $34 million exit fee. Um, and also didn't 
actually have an invitation to go anywhere. Um, and so it's it's not even really that kind of thing where like with the Big 12 in the early 2010s could kind of save face and grab a couple new teams and rebrand itself. Um, the Pac-12 doesn't really have a whole lot of options here. The Basically, the, the life, the continued extended life of the conference was dependent on um, Oregon and Washington staying on, on, on Oregon and Washington, either not getting an offer to go to the big 10 or the, or, or, or turning down slash not getting an offer to the big 12. Uh, and that did not happen. They, they got the offer after kind of reporting back and forth this morning, as we record on, on Friday, um, it broke like 10 AM ish, I think mountain time. So 12, uh, Eastern time. Uh, that they would be taking up the Big Ten on the offer, that the Big Ten had extended an offer. Um, That offer is bad, (laughs) from what I have seen. The Big Ten has kind of uh, obviously had more leverage here than Oregon and Washington, and it has taken full advantage. Uh, Those teams are not getting anywhere near the amount of money from the TV rights deal that the other schools in the Big Ten are, correct? Yeah, it, it appears like it's going to look out with with the future advance, future payment advances. They're going to get around $40 million per year, uh, whereas the current Big Ten teams are, are in this iteration of the deal receiving, I think, around $70 million per team yeah. until it escalates to around $100 million eventually. It seems like once it scales up to that $100 million, like then you know the Pac-12 teams will scale up. Um, it's not a full amount, but it is more than they were offered by the Big 12 or by the Pac-12. Yeah. Um, and I think that's... Man, look, like... We know the history of what it looks like for a team to join a new league and how they often fail to be competitive here. I just want to talk about in context for a second too, because I think every like the difficult thing to balance here is like blaming the media executives for killing the leagues. Just correct. They did do that. The media executives has killed the leagues. However, like the end of like I, I don't think you could ask a team like Oregon or a team like Washington or a team like Utah, even that has aspirations to win conference titles and to appear in the playoff to do anything different based on the differential money that we're going to be facing, right? We've seen what it looks like for teams and and a lot of leagues to be locked in at lower income rates and kind of, it's obviously, we haven't seen the full extent of it yet because the difference was, you know, like $10 million before and now it's difference of like 50 to $60 million per year coming up. You just can't ask teams that want to win at football to play at that much of a money differential. Like, I don't think people realize the scale of how big the payments have gotten for the top two leagues and how small they're getting for the smaller leagues. Like what the ACC, the PAC, what was the PAC 12 and big 12 would have been locked in at. It's just such a massive difference. These top teams. And like at a certain point in time, I realized the money before it's kind of been funny money. Does it matter? Yada, yada. But like when you're talking about, teams having an extra $50 million or $60 million per year to spend on the things that boosters used to pay for, right? For coaching contracts, for, uh, for facility upgrades, for all the things that aren't directly paying players. And then having all that booster money go to paying players, the difference in money is just impossible to overcome. And like teams, I I mean, like, look, if you care about winning football games, even if you don't want this to be the case, you are forced to a situation where you need to grab money. You have to do it for to be competitive. Yeah, it's it's hard to hold to account individuals involved in this, right? Because it is it is much bigger than one school. It's much bigger than two schools. It's a lot bigger than even one conference, right? It, it's it's a the things that have been put in place 
here. The the actions that have happened because of things that were put in place were put in place a long time ago. They they were put in motion a long time ago. Um, and this was like you you said at the beginning. This was the sort of culmination of of uh, something that has been coming for a long time. Um, I don't even really know when you would say that this this started. I know that I I have seen plenty of of people saying that the advent of the playoff was what did it. I again we talked about this on the last show. I think you're maybe mistaking a a symptom for a for a cause there. Um. Because I don't think that that was necessarily the thing that sparked all of this. Because there was realignment before there was a playoff. Um, of course. Yeah. Like, there's always been. Um, and I think that TV networks were going to... I mean, that's that's the spark is TV networks. It's it's the it's the lawsuit in the '80s that allowed every college football game to be on TV and allowed these teams to have their own TV deals and these conferences to have their own TV deals. That's the thing that did it. Um, and so this is 50 years in the making, and that's not a satisfying answer. That's not really something that you could get online and be be righteous about. You know, it's like, oh well, I they shouldn't have let that lawsuit go through. They shouldn't have let Oklahoma do that. It's like, well, yeah, but that was. 50 years ago um it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of hard to, or 40 years or whatever I don't know how long ago the 80s were it's hard to remember <laughs> um but it, it was a long time ago and it's sort of hard to be high and mighty about it because a lot of people were not who are currently talking about college football were not alive to have an opinion about that it happened before um uh, most people have any memory of college football and most people who are online. Um, and so that's not really a satisfying answer. And so I think there's a lot of assigning blame to things that are not not necessarily blameless. Um, the schools that have done this, the, the conferences, the networks that have done this, are obviously um, involved and deserve deserve scorn for doing this but it's not like yeah it's not like Oregon and Washington are 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 you know chief to blame for this they just did what I think a lot of schools in their circumstances would do because what else are you going to do um there was it was no guarantee that the Pac-12 would stay together even if Oregon and Washington had had decided to stick around it would have been more likely but um, the, the, all of these things are, are, like I said, symptoms. They are not, it's not the, it's not the root cause. The root cause is, is at the end of the day, um, the country that the sport is played in. <laughs> I think that that's sort of, you can go, it always goes back to, uh, to, to fucking, um, who's the guy who invented capitalism? What was his name? Uh, uh, John Smith? Yes. That's not John Smith. That's no. Uh, Who it was? Was it Adam something? I don't know. Adam that. Smith. Adam, Adam Smith. Smith. Thank you. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, this I was is... thinking of John Locke and Adam Smith at the yeah, same time. Uh, at the end of the day, this is all. John Adam... Smith's the Mormonism guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Um, I should probably know that. <laughs> yeah, um, you're the Utah guy. Anyway, yeah, but any, at the end of the day, this is Adam Smith's fault, and we have to blame him. We have to hold Adam Smith to account for all of this. <laughs> We do. I mean, look, man, like it's just the nature of the beast where like the only thing that is profitable, one of the only things on TV that is profitable is live sports. Like it's the only thing it's not declining. It is declining at some level. People still tune into live sports in massive numbers. They're actually going to sit in front of TV and watch it. They're not going to watch it half on when they scroll through TikTok on their phone. Like you have an engaged captive audience, which leads to a lot of ad revenue. And like uh, uh, the you know advertisers will pay more and more for those eyeballs because become more and more valuable because they're actually engaged eyeballs. It's just 
the nature of the beast. And like, this is some of the like sports properties that weren't fully capitalized yet. And like the, you know, the NBA deals, the, the world cup deals, the, the NFL deals, those are vastly more expensive to get into, but college football has a huge audience. Um, it has a lot of eyeballs on it and games that get the most eyeballs are games between good teams, right? Like this is what, like when you, you need to have more good teams, in your inventory during more hours to fill more seats and have more eyeballs on it. And that's just like the nature of it. And that being the case, they were always going to push to have those teams centralized on one deal or a few deals. And so what we're seeing happen in real time, like all of the A tier properties in college football. Now, all the teams that actually like have a chance to, win championships or have pushed to win championships in recent years are now in either i guess the exception of like i don't know there's really not an exception i guess if you go back to like the mid-2000s utah yeah like the 1980s byu besides those teams have, they mean, now all play in the big 10 the sec or the acc yeah I, I might just be i might just be blanking cincinnati is the one who comes to mind but has there been any other non-Cincinnati team that will not be in the the SEC, ACC, or Big Ten that has made the playoff? I don't think there is. I, 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 I'm trying to remember. I don't. I don't believe so because Baylor almost did it twice. Yeah. Um. Oh, TCU. TCU is in the Big Twelve. Oh, um, right. Sure. Yeah. So TCU and Cincinnati are the are the exceptions. I yeah. Think unless I'm. Yeah, because Washington. And there are years like just prior to the playoff where Stanford or or Utah would have made it, yeah. but. Yeah, so it's it's just TCU. Yeah, yeah. Utah has been close on a on a couple of occasions. Um, that's about it, though. I mean, yeah, Baylor has been close a couple times. Oklahoma State came close once, I think. Um, yeah, fifth or sixth. But that's that's about it. Um, I was gonna say Iowa. I suppose they're in the Big Ten. Um, so it doesn't. Michigan. Yeah. Do you remember that Michigan State made the playoff? Fun to think about. Fun to think about that Pretty Michigan funny. State was in the playoff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, like all these teams are just concentrating more and more in a couple leagues, and like when the ACC is like, we can talk about the Florida State thing going on here, but basically the ACC, I still maintain, cannot be bought out until like 2030, 2032 at the earliest. Yeah. So when that happens all of the good teams that league are going to be eating us up as well. Like those teams are all going to concentrate in one of these two leagues. Like it's just, it's going to happen. And if any of the big 12 teams are going to look dominant or like, you know, uh, seem like they're elevating their program as a result of playing in a weaker league or, or a more diffused league, they're going to be added up too. Like, it's just, we are clearly headed towards a scenario where you have two properties, the big 10 and the sec. I don't think those leagues will ever merge because you don't have to have separate TV contracts, but the whole sport covered between them. Yeah. Uh, between the networks um that's what's going on that's what we're headed towards it's like pretty clearly what we're headed towards right yeah and i i would guess that the next stage of this and and we will actually we'll get to this in just a second I'll, I'll say real quick before we do move on um on the uh on on the the reaction to all of this which i think we have you and i come down on this very differently um because we just have different brains for this sort of thing um, and yep. different ways to cope with with the sport being kind of torn asunder in the way that it has been. Um, I I think that however you want to, as a college football fan or a fan of a team or both, uh, however you want to react to this, I, I get it. I think that there's just about any any way to 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 handle this. You can do it in a lot of ways. Um, I think that me being despondent is fine. I'm pretty despondent. I feel. 
uh, bad about the sport. I, I think I'm probably going to engage a lot less with the teams that are in the Power Five conferences even more than I was before. And I didn't. I don't watch a ton of Power Five football. I'm just not interested in this. I think it sucks. Um, I I'm. I think it's stupid. I understand why it happens. I understand why this has happened. I know logically speaking, within the logic of the system, it makes sense and it's the thing that was inevitable. Um, I think the system is stupid. I think the ad money is made up. I don't think that it's actually worth anywhere near as much as they are saying that it is. Um, I think this is all a giant bubble that has been inflated by people who will eventually take the money and run like they do with everything else. Um, But me saying that, me thinking that doesn't do anything. And neither does just accepting their logic and, and, and saying that, yes, this is the thing that would happen. Like, yeah, it is. This is their logic. And this is the thing that would play out when you follow that logic. Um, I think it's made up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I do. I think you can respond to this however you want to. Um, you can think it's stupid. I do. Uh, you can think that it's the, the logical end. Um, you can think whatever. And if you are, like me, frustrated with this and and sad about this, um, I think there's any number of ways you can handle it. I think there's any number of ways you can move forward. The thing that I'm going to do and the thing that I would recommend is watch G5 football. Watch FCS football. There's other football. You don't have to watch the P5 stuff. You don't have to watch the playoff. It, It sucks that the top of the sport is gone, that you don't get to, you know, engage with these teams in the same way anymore and for a lot of people their teams are in those groups and they can keep on doing that but if your team's not in these groups or you feel disconnected from your team um just leave just you don't have to engage with it you don't have to be an indiana fan you don't have to be a kentucky fan you can just leave you can leave you can go to the mountain west you can go to the sun belt it doesn't matter there's nothing keeping you there it's not real you can go somewhere else. I, 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 I just fundamentally disagree with this, dude. Like, people's connections to the school aren't based on, like, who they're playing against in football. It's because they went to those schools or their dad went to those schools. Or, like, I don't disagree, you know, but have... I'm, I'm saying if you feel disconnected, which I think a lot of people do, just leave. You don't have to stay. It's fine. You can go watch a different level of football. It's okay. If you don't like this, it's 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 okay to just disconnect from it. You don't have to consume this if you don't like it. And I'm not going to any more than I have to because I don't like it. And it sucks that that, that people are going to be kicked out in this way, that it's going to be, you know, a, a, a disconnection for a lot of people that it's not going to feel the same way. And I wish that there was a better way to respond to it than this, but I don't think there is. I think it's just going to suck. And there is stuff out there that doesn't suck. And if you want stuff out there that doesn't suck, you can find it, but you have to, you have to do it. And I, I just, I would encourage people to consider that if you're feeling really, really bad about this, just there's other levels of football and those are fun and there are teams worth watching and worth caring about and players worth watching and caring about. And it won't be the same, but it is, there is still college football out there. There is still non minor league NFL out there. I wish that it didn't have to come at the expenses of a lot of people's fan base or, uh, you know, fandom, but it's an option if you want it. It's an option for people if they want it. And it, it sucks that it comes to this, I guess but I, it is I, there. I just, but I don't think these games have to stop being played. Like they're like, 
you know, there's a lot of rivalries that exist outside of the context of a conference, right? Kentucky and Louisville. I don't know why it's the first one I said, but like, you know, you have like, uh, the only times rivalries have died has gone through alignment is because the athletic directors or presidents are too stubborn to make it work. And like, that's something not to, I understand the realignment caused the initial thing, but the solution to it, like you can still have Oregon state playing Oregon every single year. And in fact, there's no reason not to, like there's no reason the civil war is still going to be played every year. Well, you could, there's say no that reason about, that you, you could say that about Texas and Texas A&M. They didn't play. Though. Exactly. But the only reason they didn't play is because their athletic directors are dickheads. Well, like, that, that's probably going to happen that, a lot. There's probably going to be a lot of that. A lot but of, I think these, what I'm saying all of these here guys is are dickheads. So, these guys are all selfish losers. They're assholes. They're the I, worst I understand the that. I'm, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, like the idea. Look, I view realignment as a process as inevitable, right? Because of the money involved, there is money to be gained, and in fact, probably there's profit being left on the table when these schools don't play each other. Like when Texas Tech and them don't play each other, both you know, athletic departments, let alone the fan experience. Obviously I agree with you on it. It sucks not being played. It's hugely important for the fans. It has, you know, decades or in some cases, centuries of you know, tradition of rivalry between them. But like at a fundamental level, like it's also a profit driving, like, you know, enterprise, right? Like there is money to be made between Oregon playing Oregon state beyond, for example, Oregon playing Cal, that game sells more tickets. It has more eyeballs on it. It matters more to people in those states. There's more, you know, a lot of shit sold because of that. The way to like get those games is to just relentlessly pressure your athletic departments. They're much more reachable. They're much more influenceable. And you have, if you're like a student or an alumni, you do have a, or a donor for I mean, Christ's sake, you do have a direct stake in having these people answer to you. Like you can pressure people to make sure those games are still played. You can't replicate the whole process of the conference all playing each other once that's dead, unfortunately. And nothing you or I can do to stop that money. But like yelling at these athletic directors does work a lot of times. Like you can put enough pressure on them to make it work. Um, that is something that is salvageable and can still happen and does not need to be sacrificed as part of this. And I think, in fact, like yelling and screaming and angry about that and making sure they listen to you within your respective fan bases is much more a much better move than like disconnecting altogether. I, I mean, maybe I, I, I think if you if it, it's uh, it's a personal thing at the end of the day, it's going to come down to sure to, to personal yeah. preference. Um I have I have long since made my choice. I have been <laughs> I, I I know it. And yeah. if it's it's you know I I think for some people it's not even necessarily just losing. There are teams in the Big Ten that won't lose rivalries, right? Indiana's right. not losing Purdue. They're in the same conference. It's it's still it's just that you can't ever do anything. You're going to be three and nine every year. It's it's that's it. And even it wasn't. For- the case for Kentucky and SEC forever, like they found, like I don't think Indiana is hopeless. Like it's just you have to hire the right coach. Like every, every program, it gets harder now, sure. But like, what was Oregon before they hired the right coach? They were a loser program forever. Yeah, just, like just get a billion dollar uh, benefactor. <laughs> they have that guy. They have Mark Cuban. Well, he doesn't spend money on Indiana. That's I think that's yes, the, he does. <laughs> he does donate money to Indiana. They why just, do they like, suck so bad? <laughs> because they are a terrible hiring process and like. It's ultimately they just really care about basketball and football. They always will. Yeah. And I don't think like and it could be like that's true for Kentucky too. Like Kentucky will always care more about basketball than football. But if you hire the right coach and have the right, and they don't have a billionaire, 
if you have the right resources, to, you're willing to commit enough. And when you have conference money flowing in the way you do, and Indiana will, in some level, benefit from the the rising tide. Like being part of the Big Ten will matter. It's not gonna, it's not going to be the SEC thing because all the players still live there. But you will have players who say, "Look, I want to be in the Big Two leagues. I want to play in the biggest games." Yada yada. And like Vanderbilt gets recruits off that. Like they beat better football programs and other conferences for recruits because they're in the SEC. And Indiana can do the same thing. And I don't know why I'm talking about Indiana specifically, but you know, whether it's, you can say Illinois too, like they will get more recruits because of that. They have the money to pay your better coaches there. Like if you make the right hires and you build the program the right way, I'm not saying you're going to be a playoff team because you're probably never going to be a playoff team, but you never were either before what you can do is have winning seasons and be successful and piss the fuck off you know, teams like Ohio State or Michigan or Oregon or Washington or Wisconsin and be good enough to beat those teams in the right year and get the right players and peak, you know, once every four years, the right group and maybe win nine games. Like, that's still possible. And I just don't think, like, I understand why folks get pissed off. I truly do, because I'm not saying it doesn't suck. I fully acknowledge it sucks. I just think the idea of, like, disconnect, unplug, quit. I know it's everyone's different state recovery mechanisms, but, like, as a fan... I could never imagine doing that. And I understand my context of fandom is different. Yeah. You know, I am a, your, I'm a, I'm team, a Buckeye fan. I team wins a minimum of 11 games every year. <laughs> I get that. I totally get that. But like, I'm also a pirates fan and as like in, in baseball, mm. as much shit as I talk about, like not care about the pirates. And I am in some ways, obviously I'm much less engaged in the pirates than I am like the penguins or the Steelers. You know, I, do still watch those games and care about that team and like engage in online discourse about that team. Like obviously to a lesser extent than Ohio state, but that's true about every thing in my life. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I spend less time on interpersonal relationships. I do Ohio state yeah. to some level, mm-hmm. but go you know, like <laughs> go box. Um, there are, there are ways to still care about this team and still engage with them and still have fun with it and like still have a good outcome for you. I, I just don't buy that this like, if you think that I'm not saying you, if people think this individual move, Oregon and Washington leaving and Arizona going to the Big 12 kills the sport. I think that's silly. And it's just a continuation of a process that has been killing the sport for 15 or 20 years. And it's going to for another 10 or 15 more until it's to the point we all know where it's getting to, which is two big leagues and everyone else in the lower level. And at that point in time, you've basically reformed the power five group of five split. And it's not much different. Uh, it's just the money's a lot different and that's probably more like the difference between FBS and FCS, but that doesn't mean it's dead. Like it's just, it's, it's always happened. It's always going to happen. It's going to keep happening. It probably won't stop at just two leagues. Something else probably happened after that. I don't know why I can't see the future yet, but like, it's just college football. Like you were at the whims of simultaneously like billionaire dickheads who run media, you know, media corporations. They're at the whims of billionaire dickheads who donate to your school and kind of make decisions for them. You're at the whim of millionaire dickheads who run the athletic departments. Uh, and you're also at the whim of just like capitalism as a fucking whole and you can't do anything about it. And also a bunch of bureaucrats with red tape who make decisions based on like athletic department decisions and university decisions. There's just nothing about this. They all have a certain model to seek that they, they have jobs to fulfill. They're just cogs in a machine and the machine is fucking evil and grinds us all to death. And we all know this, but like, Still watch your team. Still get some joy out of it. Have fun with it. Like it's still sports. Like in the day, like sports are a thing that, even when they're impacted by these enterprises, which the way they always will be, as everything else is, at least like the things in the field are 
as direct by that. You can still watch them put on the uniform, still watch them play, still have players who go to the school and care a fucking ton about it and still enjoy the game. They, they put in so much blood, sweat, and tears to these games that you can still enjoy that product and still have fun with it. And that's, the, that, that's all you can do because there's nothing else you can affect except that. Which way... Midwestern man. It's truly the question of our, of our <laughs> era. Um, I do want to talk a little, a little bit then about where this is possibly going. You mentioned the Florida State thing. We can talk. Oh, really quick. Sorry to interrupt you, Pat. Before we do that, can, yeah. can, I, can I just say one more thing on, on the previous point? Sure. Uh, which is that for, for all the upset and like anger that this is causing, I hate to be the guy to say it. I think the on-field product is mostly going to be better as a result of this. If you like watching good football, like – you love you to be, are gonna you, have you love to be the guy to say that. <laughs> I do love to be the guy to say that. Like you are gonna see good teams play good teams more often. Like you cannot tell me that Ohio State fans are more worked up to play Purdue than they are to play Clemson or Georgia. It just doesn't go that way. Like you, you know, like we have the numbers on this. We have the viewership numbers. We have the engagement numbers on on articles and stuff online. We have the viewer. You know, we have the attendance numbers. Like fans do want to see good teams play other good teams. And I think we're going to have more of that. We're going to have a higher concentration of talent among top teams. Those top teams force to play each other more often. It's going to lead to more exciting and more close games. It's probably going to maybe help stop some of like the, I think you're going to see more concentration in two leagues of talent, but maybe like a, a reversal of the trend of like, Hey, four teams have like, you know, 35 of the top 100 players in the country sign there every year. You may have less of that. I think it's possible. Um, I don't think you can sustain a dynasty when you have this many good teams playing each other. I think it's harder to do. Uh, so I think it might get better. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. The 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 other side of, of that, I do think that, like, f- speaking functionally, I don't know, man. I, I, could, I could understand that, but also the NFL is miserable to watch. I hate watching it. It's boring. They're all too good. It's not for, they don't make mistakes. It's not fun. <laughs> like it's just, it's boring. It's who cares? Every game is 21 to 17. They're engineered to be as close as possible. And it's never interesting. It's always just like, oh, here's a game winning field goal. Try That's I don't want that every game. I want something different. And I, I'm, I'm afraid that when you concentrate all of the, the talent and all of the power like this, and as it gets more and more into just one or two leagues, they're all going to be doing the same shit and they're all going to look the same. They're going to look like the same team. And I just, I don't, I don't really think that's compelling. It's like if you're an NFL guy and you're watching for the sake of scouting, um, or if you're a, uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of people who would fit this billing, an SEC media guy style individual who talks all the time about, you know, talent level, um, then that would be compelling. But that's not. I don't think that's why a lot of people come to college football. It's why some, pl- plenty, enough to move the, the, the needle TV-wise, but I think there are a lot of people listening who don't really care about that. Um, and, and so that's, I, that's I, true, I yeah. do wonder, like, I don't really want to watch Alabama's stupid, shitty RPO offense 20 times a game or 20 times a season at 20 different schools. It's boring. It's not fun to watch. It's, it's, it's like... Yeah, I think the NFL is very fun to watch. I, I think it's just something you and I disagree on. I just love watching football, and I think the NFL, yeah, like from a level of physicality, from a level of coaching, from a level of preparation, and kind of like narrow margins being decided by coaching yeah. and, ex- and by just truly great players is the, the tightest margins in all of sports. And I really love watching that, and I think a lot of people – you're right, a lot of people don't like watching it. A lot of people do like watching it too, and 
I understand. Like I, like here's the thing is, I also love all the other shit too. Like, like not an ironic, like all as you talked about in your solo pod, which I finally get to listen to. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> not, not like I don't. I ironically like seeing you know Utah State play UNLV. I actually do enjoy that stuff too because I love the sport of football in all of its forms. But I think there will always be people, many of them who listen to us as well, who like seeing football at its highest level of execution possible which at this age of players does look like seeing Alabama play Ohio state and Georgia playing Clemson and, and, and games like that. That is what it looks like. How often do those games deliver though? I mean, we talk about this a lot. They're usually bad. They're usually not fun to watch. We talk them sometimes. Up, yeah. We talk like, them up and then Georgia games... beats Tennessee 31 to 10 and it's just miserable. It's not fun for anybody. Right. And that does happen a lot, but if you want to see that happen less often and you want to see Georgia lose more, they have to play more good teams because they're never going to lose to fucking Kent State. It's never in a million years going to happen. They probably won't lose to, you know, Oklahoma very often either. But it'll happen a lot more often. And all it takes is like one misstep on a bad hire, as we saw with Oklahoma, to become shitty again. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that's kind of fun about it. And like, you do lose some of the soul of like a Kansas State upsetting Oklahoma like three years in a row. But like, You'll see good games more often, I think. And I don't know, man. I think it it's just, again, we can't control it. It's not my optimal path. It's not what I want. It's not what I'm choosing to have. But knowing that it does exist, I do think we'll get more good games because of it. And again, I do think the talent margins will reverse in some ways, where some of the trends of, again, all those players top 100 concentrated a handful of schools, I think that will unwind a bit and go back to normal a little bit more. Not normal, but better than it was. Yeah. The the other thing I would say, and then we can we can move on after, the after thing, this. Yeah. yeah. Well, the 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 last thing is, um, I I think this is just a a difference in in, in how you how you view the sport. Um, how meaningful will it be that Georgia loses? Because the Georgia fans vary. I guess they're still going to go to the playoff, right? It's still they would still like Ohio State fans. I have seen more than a fair share of Ohio State fans. Who would who have said quite a few times that they would not have cared at all if Ohio State lost to Michigan and then went and won the national championship, right? Like that's it's still a national championship. So what does it matter if it's still a national champ? You still go into the playoff even at nine and three. You rest players for several games, star players to keep them healthy and and ready for the playoff, and then you go and win a national championship. What did it matter? What does it matter that Georgia got beat? Who cares? The, the difference is in the NFL. It is a pure record thing, right? Like it is a pure, if you have a better win loss, you're in the league, right? And so, which means like you have decisions on that margin because presumably we'll continue with the committee structure for a while in college football playoff. Your resume does still count and the seating still counts. The home games still count. Like teams don't, teams rest players if they've basically guaranteed they cannot get a first round buy. Like teams never rest players to opt out of a first round buy. And I think the margins will be so thin in college football between that there's not many teams that are going to go 11 and one, which means like, but there will be three or four. And that means like you still have to fight to the final games to get that first round by to get that home field advantage and a team going nine and three in a, you know, it's still, there's still going to be teams in the big 12 and AC that go to the playoff, right. For the next decade, it's still going to happen. Many of them. In fact, there's probably going to be G five teams to go to the playoff still yeah. uh, based on the rules that were set up. Like, which means 
you can't just go nine and three and coast. Like you do still have to probably win 10 or 11 games to feel good about getting a playoff spot and probably 11 or 12 feel good about getting a home field advantage in a first round bye. And that shit matters a lot. I think to those schools, those teams, maybe Gene Smith's dumbass is with a lone exception, but most of these teams care about having a home field advantage because it's, it's a huge moneymaker, even for that reason alone, let alone the benefit on the field. Like that stuff does really, really matter. And I think like, the scenario of teams that are going to be able to rest the game and just, you know, take a loss and not have an impact on their season. I think it's going to be so infrequent. It happens in the NFL more often because the divisional round or the wild card round or like a lot of teams are locked in. There's more games, there's fewer teams. Like when you have both fewer, fewer games and more teams, your variability of what a loss means is way higher. Um, I think that's the way I view it. Okay. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about where this is going next and as it relates to the ACC um which uh <laughs> some reports today about Florida State and it's it's potential the options that it's pursuing that I think are very funny and and worth <laughs> mentioning um and also uh what I I think is probably coming as the next cycle of this which also feels pretty inevitable, which is that there are not very good football programs in these big conferences that I cannot imagine are long for these conferences um, because they are, in the eyes of the top teams in the sport, wastes of money, right? Yeah. Well, the thing, the story's fucking insane. Like, JP Morgan getting involved in this is is unbelievable. Yeah, we gotta we gotta make it we got to keep that shit from happening. That is bad news. That is, that is, that is extremely <laughs> I just think bad makes news. sense. Like I, I don't think I I'm just simply not buying this. I think Florida state is like trying to be like, it's a guy who knows he can't win a fight in a bar uh-huh. and is trying to look as crazy as possible to make sure no one actually fights him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. they're hoping, they're hoping the guy just gives up and lets them out. Cause they're looking as crazy as possible. I don't think they actually, they're sorry. They're just not going to let a private equity firm like privatize a football program. I noticed they do it with like parking rights or like, you know, at Ohio state they, I know the energy rights were bought out by a firm, like a 90 year, year lease, which is crazy, but like the money making a football, they're just, it's not going to happen. There's no way they're going to let that happen. It's just too much. It's a, it's a bridge too far. Someone actually cares about that. You know what I mean? Like no one cares about who provides the AC to like students, the dorm rooms. Yeah. People do give a fuck about like who owns the football program. Do they? And it's not longer a public institution. I really think they do. I really, I mean, really think they do. Who owns all of everybody's favorite NFL and, and NBA and MLB teams? It's not like good guys. It's not. It's not like. Of course, it's not. Know, it's not JP Morgan either. It's not black. It's not like well, you know Oregon brought to you by BlackRock. Like it's, I mean, it's a little bit different. I think it is a little bit different. There's a lot of American and, fans of Manchester City. Like a lot. There's a lot of American yeah. fans of Manchester City or of the Premier League or of um, a lot of things that are sponsored by like the worst, uh, the worst evils that exist in the world, essentially. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, mean, I guess the difference is like that. This is a conversation those... at all is insane because Florida State of is course. a school. You're a college. What the like, fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and that's the thing is like, if you buy, you know, Man City, 
you get all the ticket revenue. You get all the TV revenue. You, you, it's like a, a thing you put money into then own forever. Uh, this is like a loan. It's a loan being given where it's like you're mortgaging your college football team. Yeah. Which I, I just don't think, I, I just can't fucking buy it. I don't think it's real. I'm I'm selling on the concept. I'm not seeing it happen at all. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm, Florida State is trying to bluff and buster, but like, I'm shorting. We're gonna get to a point. I'm shorting my Florida yeah. State stock. I, I, it's, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> you need to point like, just ride it the fuck out. Like, and like you don't have an option. You cannot just pony up three hundred million dollars, get a league, and then not even know if you get your grant of rights out. Because even that's the thing no one's talking about is like, there's not an agreement in place where, like, Florida State does have an option to buy out the league. There's no indication. The, the ACC has to give up their grant of rights to their TV deals. The ACC has no reason to say yes to this. ESPN has no reason to say yes to this. Like, basically, they're, they're, they need a lot of money and just mercy, which why would anyone provide it? Yeah. Yeah, that's that is that's fair. Um, I also I agree that I, I think the Florida State stuff is is mostly uh, Florida State fans and administrators uh, coping, <laughs> trying to trying to desperately find a way out of the situation that they find themselves in. And you can yes. say the same thing I'm sure about Clemson, um, which I would imagine is doing the same thing. I don't think yeah they just don't have any fans, just fake schools. That's yeah, not not a real this. school yet, made up made up school. They're they're going head in hand or uh, you know hat in hand to the various members of the righteous gemstones family to see if they can get some money to try and <laughs> get, get out of this um but uh, uh yeah so i that's i i think that is probably not going to happen but also i would not um i would not count out any sort of get rich quick uh money making scheme in college athletics right now because i i think that uh I, I think we've maybe crossed into a different setup where the things that were once seen as not ever doable are um not so much out of the question anymore essentially and so this would be insane this would be a ridiculous crazy thing to happen but uh, also all of the schools collectively deciding that geography and and history and really anything other than money made off of football um are important that was also at one point seen as unlikely or or ridiculous yeah. I, I will say i want to circle back again to say one of the funnier things is uconn fans getting pissed that money about basketball doesn't matter to anybody that uh-huh. <laughs> like they're mad about realignment for a totally different reason which is they still want it to happen they just want someone to care about their basketball success too and no yeah. one does yeah it's kind of funny it's kind of funny yeah um so then the the other thing here and then i think we could probably end on this is the the thing yeah. i was mentioning um do you, do you think that teams like Vanderbilt and Northwestern and schools that would be on the Rutgers schools that would be on the chopping block will be actually cut out of these leagues at some point? Because I do, I see that as basically, and I don't know how it wouldn't come to that. Uh, it, it will take legal maneuvering, but I think yeah. these conferences have shown that they're pretty well past that at this point. I think the legal maneuvering is more expensive than just keeping them. Um, so what's the benefit well, for, financially and for also now, i mean the, the, for now, that's yeah, the thing like, is like a lot of teams to... a lot of te- a lot of schools are making decisions that short term money wise wouldn't make sense uh but long term they think it will make sense now i also think that there's a tv bubble that will eventually pop when people realize that these things are not actually all that valuable but that's a that's a problem for everyone in the future to deal with not right now yeah i mean i don't know i guess the other question is like who are you making happier by doing that? Because Ohio State. Look, 
and Alabama. But no, you're not though. But you're not doing that because Alabama and Ohio State want to have a floor for their wins, right? Like they don't like look. The NFL still keeps the Cleveland Browns around. Like, yeah. why would they do that? Like, like the Browns have just you know. Sorry, you're I know you're a Browns fan, but like, uh-huh. no, you're right. These guys, <laughs> these guys fucking suck. <laughs> these guys fucking suck forever. They've never been good. They look decent one year, won one playoff game, and that's like the most success you've seen in the last forty fucking or the last sixty years of Browns football. It's like. What's the rationale to do that? It's because people want to beat the Browns. Like the Browns fans still go to the stadium. Vanderbilt fans still watch football, for better or worse. You still need someone to punch down on. And the college football looks better when you have Ohio State and Alabama and Texas and USC all playing for championships. In order to make that happen, you have to have Vanderbilt's and Indiana's and Purdue's in the schedule. Sorry to say it. That's mean to say to those fans. I realize that, but like, they like to have a like college football is more dependent on its big brands in a way that the NFL football is, is not like there are brands that are consistent like that in the NFL. Like, but the Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl in how fucking long, like 30 years. Yeah. And they're still a major moneymaker. Whereas like, it, you know, I guess it happens to other teams too. Like Ohio state or Bama will go 20 years that win a title sometimes, but like Georgia went 40, you know, but by and large, the sport's healthier and more revenue driving. I say healthier from a financial perspective, not from competitive. Um, whenever the big brands win and those big brands own a larger majority of the fans than they than they do in, in pro football because pro football is more regional based, right? If you grow up in Jacksonville, you're going to root for the Jaguars. If you grow up in Cleveland, God help you, you're going to root for the Browns. Like, that's just the local thing to do. <laughs> but like, there are plenty of people who grow up in Texas and root for Alabama because their dad went there or the people whose mom went to Oklahoma, like, but they live, they live in Louisiana as a kid. Like that just does happen more often because there are different ties to the school. It's more regionally diffused. Uh, I think it's different. I just don't think, I, I don't know, maybe I'd be naive, but I don't think it suits anybody financially or competitively to get rid of Indiana and Vanderbilt and Northwestern, those teams on the road. I don't think that needs to happen. Um, I mean, it would I, it I, would suit them financially if the all of that money had to go to less places. That would objectively suit them financially if there were sixteen teams in total to give that money to instead of thirty two in total. It would be then. When do you stop? Because because yeah, then when once do you, you stop? Start I agree. Off, when do you well, stop? Well, no, but, uh, but I'm saying what I'm saying is once you start cutting teams in the league, it's like okay, then who's the next worst team in the Big Ten after those guys are gone? Like okay, yeah. then Purdue and Michigan State are on the block, and then Iowa, and Wisconsin are, and then at a certain point in time. You just have Ohio State, Georgia, and Bama, and all those teams play each other in a round robin every year, and it's Correct. a twelve-team league, and the winner is the championship. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, there's always a new loser. There's always a last place team. Yeah. Once you start cutting last place teams, someone else has to be last place, then they get cut too. This like, has, that's a thing that this is not currently a concern. I don't know why it would become one. They're cutting losers right now. That's what they're doing. That's that's what this is. They're cut. Why, are, why would they I think, stop? Why would it? Why would it suddenly we're change? Maybe who's a, in the club? We're maybe making a semantic difference here. Oregon State difference. and Washington State were in the club for a hundred years. But hang on, but hang on. The Pac-12 <laughs> didn't drop them. The Big Ten picked someone out and bought them out. Like that's different. That is acquiring somebody. Like they didn't fire a team. They just ha- they hard they destroyed an entire league, and then other teams have to pick up the pieces. They didn't say, hey, we're acquiring the Pac-12, but you can't come. I guess they did say that, but they're not yeah. saying, hey, 
the Pac-12 is on a deal, but only if Oregon State and so-and-so get dropped. Like, that's never happened in college football, again, because of the legal requirements and legal agreements, but also because if you start relegating teams all of a sudden, these are not promotion relegation moves, right? If you start relegating teams, the sport changes. And there's a scenario, like, Bama was really shady for 20 years. People forget about that. Like, in what scenario will Bama allow them to be relegated to a lesser league? Like, that could happen again, right? Bama could go on a bad stretch. Oklahoma could go on a bad stretch. And all of a sudden, what, you're in the you're in the B League? They're just, the teams are going to have a longer view than that, I think, on this one specific thing. I think it's one line in the sand that will never be crossed. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm naive. I just think that's a line in the sand that creates a world of problems for the better teams. I understand it's a short-term gain, but not that much of one. If it even is one, first of all, based on legal fees. It's a small short-term gain, and the net negative that could come down the road is massive. I just think that's too risky of a move for anyone to do. And again, the NFL and NBA don't do that. They don't cut teams. Yeah. Like the NBA just picked up good teams in the ABA, but they didn't, you know, fire the worst team in the NBA. When they did that. That's never happened in sports, to my knowledge. Well, they've they've gotten to a a a place that they are comfortable with. It's it's not like it's not quite the it's not quite the same because those are all those teams are all operating from technically speaking the same place like obviously there are differences in the amount of money that owners at these different these different teams are willing to spend but they were all established within the league for at at the same for the same reason (laughs) they're they're operating from the same basis northwestern and ohio state are not operating from the same basis they're very different they're in very different circumstances as universities as entities within this within this sort of thing and i don't think that it's i don't think it's quite the same because they don't see the, they don't see each other as the same they don't want to compete in this in this world in the same way and so i think that there is like at some point would it reach a stasis probably i think that i think it could usually it does in these things like you say with these professional leagues they they found a place that they're comfortable they're not cutting teams but that's because they're all ultimately in the same boat they're they're heading in the same direction they're trying to accomplish the same things uh, ohio state and northwestern are not trying to accomplish the same things i don't think northwestern is asking to do this i think that they're just there and i think that programs and 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 universities that are just there might not be long for it because they don't quite see things the same way and they're not really prepared to operate in the same way that these other schools are. I, I don't know that they're, I don't know that, <laughs> I just don't know that there'd be room for them because it's not quite like the NBA. They don't have the same goals. It's a different thing. Maybe, maybe, man. I don't know. I think to me, I guess I just view that as a red line. Maybe you're right and they're going to change up eventually. And then, you know, at some point in 2057, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Texas get together and say, hey, let's get the best 25 or the best, the best 32 teams in former own NFL. But I just don't think maybe maybe I'm wrong. I think Northwestern and Indiana and Vanderbilt are happy to be along for the ride. They're happy to have the extra money for the athletic departments and to be more profitable. And I think that Ohio State and Alabama are happy to keep beating those teams and have them as an easy win every year. And I think the money is the gains of money are not substantial. I just don't think changing the whole structure like that's that beneficial, but maybe you're right. I think you might, you might be, and I'm just not seeing it the same way you do, but I guess that's what I'm not, I'm not buying on. It's just, it's hard for me to believe that it would ever stop. Basically. It's, it's hard for me to believe when they have done this much, when they've done all of this, looking at the general uh, college football landscape right now, which is just, I mean, it's a mess. 
it is as much a mess right now as it has ever been um, in the history of the sport, and it's a long history. Uh, that they were willing to do all of this for money makes me think what I mean what would why would they stop if there's more money to be gained which there very well could be why would they ever why would it ever stop why would it not just keep going until it is indefinite that's the, that's the economy that we're living in is how do you keep the number going up even if it's I think I think like, the reason just to, logistically though logistically if we're actually about how the deals work mm-hmm. The number of games being provided for the price for college football is way like the per game price the network is paying for college football is way, way, way lower in the NFL. And there are way, way, way more viewers for the NFL, right? It's like there are regular season games in the NFL that have more viewership than the college football national title. Um, so the question is like, how would a smaller league where you have much less inventory to offer? end up in a higher per school pay. I, I just don't know that like these, these networks need not just good games, which are the most important thing, but also inventory to fill time. They don't want to be broadcasting reruns of the CD. Well, the, why the did CW they, why did they get sitcom. rid of the PAC 12 then? Why would they, why would they compromise the, the late night slate like that? Why would they do that? Well, they did it because they're still going to get them out. They're still going to pay for the Mountain West, right? Like, I mean, in this case, Fox and the dynamics of it is Fox didn't own any of the Mountain West inventory, right? It's all with ESPN. Uh, is it? I think so. No, the FS1 does have a deal with it. Yeah. But basically, the teams are leaving out can still go to the Mountain West, still go to the Big 12, which they both have stakes in. And they're getting more money. NBC and CBS are getting more money for their network deals with the Big 10. And they're not losing any money by doing this. At a certain point in time, if you're limiting inventory, you are losing money and trying to fill with other shit. Well, they, but the they, wouldn't, is they like, wouldn't be. Those teams that are cut could just go to those other leagues and they would still be making that money just like they're doing with the Pac-12. It, it's the inventory. Maybe, but, then, but then you're just spreading the money around. The money hasn't changed. You're just spreading it around a little bit. Well, but it would con- the gain. The, it would continue to concentrate at that top that top level and those top teams would make, Why? would make more money because that's how it has worked. That I don't know why it would stop I, working like that. That's what they're doing right now. I think that I is, don't think like, it, that I, is moving around numbers on a spreadsheet. That's not actually gaining. That's money. what like, this all think, is. Like, it's all just moving around numbers on a spreadsheet. No, no, no. This, this is an improvement in like in, in inventory quality. To why me. Like, wouldn't you that having... be? If it's only good games, why wouldn't that be an improvement? What, what, what if it's all good? What if it's all big brands all the time? Why would that not be more in the in the eyes of this current logic? Why would maybe you're right? I think it, I think it's going to reach an equilibrium where you have like if we're relatively close to it will happen with the death of the ACC, where you have a balance between inventory to fill time and high quality games at the top of the league, and the balance of those two things be reached eventually. Because if college football tries to become a league that has the quote unquote best quality game, it's just never going to match the NFL. Right at that point in time. Like no one watches the NBA G League, right? They watch college basketball yeah. because there's a balance of inventory and of talent. And I think that is like college football has to recognize that and learn from it. And I think that's something that will happen. But I, maybe maybe you're right. You, you're not right. I understand. I totally I, understand your thought process. Yeah, I, I just think there are lines. Yeah, I, I have a hard time believing in the uh, <laughs> in the willingness of the people involved in this to uh, stop when they think that it is to 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 recognize that they have hit a point where they should stop. I have not yet. I've not yet seen an American company do that. Um, basically that's my concern (laughs) is I haven't ever seen anyone operating within this system say, okay, I think I've had enough. I think I've earned enough money and I can stop. 
Um, it's not enough money. It's it's the it's the way you structure the company. I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. I understand well, the point you're making. I'm not trying to like get ethics with you again, but like yeah. there are companies that recognize, hey, we have a market niche and we shouldn't overexpand beyond it because that's how you die. Yeah, like that does happen for a lot of companies. You companies can't bet do on, see. You can't bet on mortgages. You can't use that. That's the housing market. It's stable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. I get it. I'm you not saying it doesn't happen. You can't I, I, short houses. That doesn't even make sense. You can't do that. It's not. It's just a way to. It's a way to make look, more money. Capitalism. Capitalism is evil, but it does learn from itself. And I, I do uh, think there are like. <laughs> we'll see about that. That's still. I would say up for debate if it does that. <laughs> as long as there's money, it does. But. Well, look, right. Like, look at the look at the tech economy. Like, and I'm getting very. Into I don't want to look at the. Te- I don't want to look at the tech economy. But, but, but hang on. But it's this bad. is a useful lesson because, like, there was just free money for every dipshit of the tech idea for like you know a decade and a half, and then, you know, you know, Uber just had its first profitable quarter ever this Let's past go. quarter. Like, <laughs> big for Uber, right? Big That's things coming soon. But whenever that happens, like the tech investment economy has fundamentally changed and like you have to have better fundamentals investment now it's very it's a lot harder to get money than it used to be and they're just not willing to bet oh hey every tech companies get big forever and every idea about like what if my dog had a vr is like not going to work anymore and people aren't betting on that shit so you have to become smarter about it and i think like the investment economies change and like you know like regulation changes sometimes and it always fluctuates a bit because people get stupider but like I don't know, man. I think they're learning from this stuff. I just don't think that what well, you're saying to me passes the smell so test. So why to why me would they idea? Why would the why would the the big investors in college football not consolidate behind the biggest brands that they trust the most, like they did in tech? That's not really what happened in tech. To clarify, well, the, the, I'm not talking about I'm talking about new tech investment. Like the, what happened here is like basically for a small startup, it's harder to get new money. But like the deals are already there. Like they already have the deals in place. Basically, it's just like, and they are profitable for the networks, like, or at least as profitable as anything they invest in is. Like, they do still make money off of these deals, for better or worse. Yeah. And I think, like, I, I just think there's a level it's going to reach. Where there's an equilibrium where, like, you don't see fundamental changes to the NFL's deals every year, right? Like, you, like, no. the money changes a little bit, it gets a little bit bigger because people are still watching, you know, yada yada. Like, it's, it's, you know, share of the market increases, but like the fundamental structure of it pretty much stays in place. And I think college people will find out point two. I think you and I just disagree on where that point is. Yeah. I'll say we haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen it happen in the NFL yet. It's not that that couldn't happen. It's not that things can't change. I mean, things can change. <laughs> college football can change. USC and UCLA and the Big Ten. Things can change. Uh, I'll make a prediction here. The NFL will never cut a team in your on our lifetime. Okay. Well, I hope they cut the Steelers. We can, we can both. That's something we can all agree on: is that they should cut the Steelers. They should get them out of there. Just uh-huh. to, these are evil people. These are not good people fundamentally. Um, all right. Well, uh, this sucks. I, I, I feel worse now than I did an hour ago. Ryan, <laughs> do you have anything else you want to add? <laughs> that's here? my promise. I'll make you feel worse, baby. Yeah. Uh, no, Patrick. I'm in my first weekend in New York. I'm gonna get a drink. Okay. Yeah, I could also probably go for maybe a couple of those. We'll see you guys next week. There you go.